0: And then uh, in the last couple of days, President Zelensky, apparently the president of Ukraine, asked Switzerland to organize a high-level peace conference. So we're bringing in uh, Angela Weck, a Russian expert from Bradley University and the World Affairs Council. Um, Is this a sign of weakness for Zelensky or just a a reality of what's going on?
1: I think it's a reality of what's going on, and I think it's kind of, um, Zelensky's tactics right now are kind of that reverse psychology, if you will, um, instead of continuing to beg for um, armaments, which he would always take, he's basically saying, I just now want you to rebuild Ukraine um, as a sign of support. If the West led by the United States does not send more weapons soon, that gives Putin the sign that things are different. This is the new reality and Ukraine's on its way out the door. And, so I think Zelensky is trying to make the best of a bad hand.
0: So uh, I can never figure out what's going on. I was telling Caleb, I got four articles about how Ukraine's offensive stall, but they're still making some progress. Uh, how uh, Vladimir Putin may run out of troops in six weeks. They're struggling to find arms, and and then Russia's withering under this long. The longer this goes, and I got four articles saying how Ukraine's weak. They're not getting weapons. Morale's low. It's hard to figure out what's going on over there.
1: Well, it, but you've got it correct on both sides. Russia, uh, Putin is having a hard time filling his ranks of of soldiers at the front. Because he's more or less drawn down all of those um, kids from the sticks, you know, kids from the the Appalachian type places in Russia who sign up for the military because it's a career and job opportunity. Um, they're mostly being used already. And so he's going to have to start recruiting from Moscow and, you know, the, the main cities of the European side of Russia. And nobody's excited about that in those areas He's also depending on weapons from North Korea and China and other places, which gives you an indication that his own weapons supplies are dwindling. On the other hand, Ukraine's facing the same thing. Think about how many people left Ukraine right after the invasion, and many of them young men before they closed the borders. And Zelensky would like them to come home. Number one, you know, he wants the men for the war effort, but he also wants the people to demonstrate that Ukraine's back in business and Ukraine is ready to rebuild as Ukraine. But the, the stalemate, the front, has not moved substantially in months. But the destruction has been yeah. substantial everywhere.
0: You know, it's so. funny because we, we look at Gaza and all the destruction there and everyone's complaining about Israel and their heavy-handed tactics. And what Russia is outright blowing up apartment buildings and no one's not saying anything.
1: Yeah, well, we did at the beginning, but it didn't do any good. Yeah, because, you But know, the what, international
0: what, community, I mean, the international community is against Israel, which makes me yeah. think that the timing of October 7th and that war, that the propaganda machine was in place to condemn Israel on any response— because what they're doing in Gaza, it, they, I know the optics are bad. They're trying to be somewhat judicious, where Russia isn't, and the international community isn't complaining about what Russia's doing.
1: No, you're right, and and I don't know about the coordination part of it. I'm not a Israel expert, but I can say, I think the difference is, you know, poking Israel is easy because they're a smaller country and they have fewer staunch allies like the United States than and Russia is a huge country and doesn't depend on its allies necessarily and has nuclear weapons. <laughs> so for Europe to be too aggressive at accusing Putin and Russia of horrific uh, atrocities, which they are guilty of, I mean, you can see the pictures, it's clear, um, but, but we don't attack them because we fear Russia. The world doesn't fear Israel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And so Israel becomes, yeah, that punching bag,
0: so. Okay, so you brought up an interesting point on on Russia running possibly out of soldiers, and they were recruiting, emptying their prisons, recruiting from the sticks. Now they may have to move into the population centers to recruit. And it kind of has echoes of the Vietnam War. Yeah, you can get the blue-collar cla- uh, blue kids from Kentucky and Tennessee, but you start moving into Washington, D.C., and the upper-level kids, you know, uh, those people don't want their kids to go um, to Vietnam. It's uh, They don't want them to go to Ukraine. It's becoming an unpopular war, and even though there's propaganda uh, in the cities, they understand what it means if their kids get sent, and I know there's a group, I think it's Mothers Against war or something like that, that actually has some influence inside Russia, especially around Moscow. And if he starts going after those kids, the, the, the tensions will change, won't it?
1: You're correct. In fact, it was yesterday or the day before yesterday that there was a protest uh, when the police arrested a, a anti-war opposition voice. Um, the, the crowds, thousands of people threw snowballs at the riot police that has not been seen or even contemplated in the last 18 months. And so, you know, I mean, there were some early, you know, voices against this special operation in Ukraine, but those were all sent to prison or, you know, otherwise left the country. But, you know, so everything's been really quiet until very recently. And it's because the, the campaign to get more soldiers from the rest of the country, um, is not popular. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so Putin's got a whole PR campaign of his own at home that he's got a that he's got to face. We're talking and, with and Yeah, go ahead. Frankly, Zelensky does too, by the way. You know, so so his appeal, you know, like I said before, getting people to come back to Ukraine has a dual purpose. He wants to show that Ukraine's ready to rebuild and move on, but he also needs those soldiers. So, and if they're in Poland or Hungary or Romania, They're not at the front in Ukraine. And he needs the soldiers too.
0: Talking with Angela Weck of Bradley University, our our Russian expert also with the World Affairs Council. So if Zelensky goes and, and, and as he asks Switzerland to organize a high level peace conference, is he now conceding that because originally when someone brought this up four to six months ago, he his contention was we want all of our land back, including Crimea. Is he now resigned to the fact that he may have to give up some land as part of the peace deal?
1: I think what he's bargaining with, um, the first tip he's using is the money that all of the central banks are holding, the Russian money that central banks are holding. It's to the tune of some, I don't know, $300 billion. And he wants, he's, he's pushing them to use that money, rather than use Poland's money, or Germany's money, or France's money, or U.S. money. um, Turn it all over to Ukraine, to rebuild Ukraine. Mm. And then he'll talk peace. Um, On the other hand, you know, if Russia doesn't want that money taken, maybe they'll talk peace as well. Um, Putin really feels pretty strongly like he's in the driver's seat right now. And, frankly, if the world starts not Supplying armaments to Ukraine, Putin is in the driver's seat. You know, we're not giving them cash; we're giving them bombs. And if we stop giving them bombs, Russia can still get more from Iran and North Korea and China. So, um, so it, it does change the dynamics. But I think what Put- what uh, Zelensky is trying to do is use Putin's money against him. So, and it's not Putin's money, but you know, it's Putin's friends' money. <laughs>
0: so. Right. Uh, if 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 there is a peace deal. And Zelensky does have to give up land. It seems to me logical that there would be then the U.S. and Europe would say, okay, we'll give you some of the territory in Ukraine, but we're going to put in an effective red line where if you cross that line again, all of NATO will be against you, which is exactly why Putin said he went to war in the first place, because Ukraine was being considered for NATO. He didn't want NATO at his doorstep. And if there's a peace treaty with a red line, it brings NATO right to his doorstep.
1: Yeah, I don't think that Putin's going to agree to that. And Zelensky. It's political suicide if he gives away any territory. So I don't know what his political ambitions are, um, but he would be done if he said, you know, we'll negotiate and let Russia keep Crimea, for example. He'll be, I mean, after all of this loss of life and, and fight, um, it, it will be a really big risk for him as well. But um, I I don't see a path forward where Ukraine doesn't lose some territory I just don't know what territory, and I I can tell you for sure, it's not all the territory that Putin thinks they should lose. So, you know, Putin's claiming those four um, provinces. He doesn't even occupy them all, but he's claiming the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like holding Peoria County, but I'm claiming the state of Illinois. It's like, uh, okay, wait a minute. So, you know, so as much as Putin wants, he's not going to get. And as much as Zelensky doesn't want to give up, He's not going to be able to hold.
0: It doesn't sound positive for peace anytime soon. About a minute left. One last question. Supposedly secret documents were leaked from a German Ministry of Defense that reveals a step-by-step doomsday guide on how Russia will escalate the conflict in Ukraine to all-out war in just 18 months. Do you think they even have the weaponry? Do you think they even have the resources or the strength to do something like that?
1: With the use of nuclear weapons, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they don't have the crazy person. He, Putin's not crazy enough to do it, but, but they have the weaponry to do an all out, all out war. I do think though, um, Putin imagined that Ukraine was going to fall very quickly. Remember? Mm-hmm. And, and had that happened, um, I think he had other targets in mind, like the three Baltic states, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia. Um, Finland possibly, maybe parts of Poland, certainly Moldova. Um, I, and then that would have provoked, you know, Latvia, Lithuania and uh, Estonia are all members of NATO and now Finland is as well. Mm-hmm. But I think he had ambitions that were going to, um, you know, once Ukraine was done and he demonstrated how easy it was, he was going to roll elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So, and that would have provoked world war, but, but we didn't get there because Ukraine stood up.
0: Looks so, like a, a, a long slog ahead. So we'll it have, does. Yeah, and no peace anytime soon. Angela, thanks. Uh, mm-hmm. Angela Weck, Bradley University, our uh, Russian expert and the World Affairs Council, and they always have, and they're kind to give us some of the best guests when uh, the World Affairs Council uh, has various events.